Mac Power Users, episode 315, The Best of the Menu Bar. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you today, Katie Floyd? I'm great, David. How are you? Good. And this show is one that I was... um has been on the back of my mind for a while. I've, I, we, we both are big menu bar nerds, right? I mean, how can you not be with a Mac? Probably to the extreme, too far yeah. menu bar yeah. nerds. And then one of the apps we're going to recommend is it like an enabling app. It's like a bag of holding for menu bar apps. So, <laughs> a pack so of holding. yeah. So you start using. Did you ever play D and D? I never asked you that question. No, I never played D and D. But I, I, I am, I am aware of what a bag of holding is. Yeah, I rocked it so hard back in the seventies. You know that opening scene of ET. Yes. You know, that that was me, man. I yeah, was... you know, I just bought E.T. Digital. It was the, like, movie of the week last week. Oh, you did? Five bucks oh. on iTunes, yeah. It's my favorite movie ever, I think. Well, Someone stole mine. I don't know where it went. I had the DVD for years, and now it's gone. Every year on my birthday, I watch E.T. And it's funny, because my kids were little. They would watch it with me. Now I watch it alone, like a sad old man. But either way. You know, they got rid of the last bit, I promise. They got rid of the E.T. right at Universal Studios. The last time I went to Universal, I was so bummed. Yeah, because they had this amazing ET ride where you got to ride the bicycles and you were in the woods and it just it was amazing. And I guess people don't know about ET now. It wasn't bringing in the dollars. Well, they they George Lucas did. I mean, for a while they had they had the original version where when they're going in the park to the ambulance, uh, the the guys are carrying guns. When I was a kid, they were carrying guns. When I saw they're the movie not anymore. And then they they digitized them out and they turned them into walkie talkies. I think they've now. I think Steven Spielberg said, you know, that was a dumb idea. And I think they went back now. So you have, you have to check. Watch the one you just bought. I will. Yes. And see. Oh, if it's the digitized one, I'm going to be mad. The special edition version. Yeah, I know. That always, that's special edition. It usually means the bad edition. Okay. Um, Anyway, we got off track a little bit, but uh, the, so both of us have been talking about these menu bar apps. Occasionally one or two comes up on the show. Um, but I just started a new series at Max Sparky where I'm doing mine and I'm going to have friends come in every week and show their menu bar apps. And there are so many great menu bar apps and a bunch of them even I didn't know about after writing about this stuff for 10 years. So uh, we started collecting a big list and it got long and long and long. And first we were going to do it as a segment on a live show. And then we realized no. there's way too much stuff here. We need to give it a full show. So here we are, gang, to talk about menu bar apps. So this is one of those you need to buckle in. We're going to cover a bunch of apps. Uh, and like. Probably- Take your wallet and put yeah. it somewhere in a lockbox. <laughs> probably going to get them costing you money, but most of these, a lot of these are um, almost free or close to free because a lot of these uh, small app developers that make these no, little menu bar apps. Well, I, I, I'm being optimist here. Can I be optimist? Maybe a couple of them are free. Yeah. Well, most of them are, are not that expensive. Let's put it that way. And, but the, the great thing is, uh, you know, we've talked a lot lately about using your iPad to get work done, but you know, there's some, there is some beauty about the Mac and the fact that you can customize it so much. And the menu bar is one of those things that, uh, you can make your Mac your own with just a couple smart apps in your menu bar. So where do we start? Well, I think we need to start a little bit of an introduction to the menu bar and some of the tools that you can use, because now we don't just have menu bar apps, but we have tools to manage our menu bar apps. Yeah, exactly. So well, I, well, let's talk it, a little bit about what menu bar apps are. And, and you can get yourself into trouble with menu bar apps. 
Yeah. You well, can go a little crazy. Not a, not too much trouble. The, the, the problem used to be. It's like extensions, would, David. When you boot yeah. up your Mac and you see all of the extensions going across the bottom of the screen, does that not happen anymore? Not so much. But, okay. But it, it, the one problem you can have if you get too many menu bar apps and you're like on the 11-inch Air, you'll, you'll actually end up covering up portions or um, actually it's i think they go behind portions of your your menu items for your apps like you load something like microsoft word it's got a bunch of menu items and all of a sudden half of your menu bar apps are hidden but you know one of the one of the things that makes it great now is there's a solution for that and that is the app that uh, if you're going to download anything from the show download bartender first because bartender is the helper app that will allow you to manage your menu bar. And basically what it does is it gives you a separate bar under your menu bar that you can put maybe your lesser used apps, apps that you don't always want to use in your menu bar. And it basically, I've got mine set as a dot, dot, dot. I don't know what you have your set as. Yeah, me too. Ellipses? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a lawyer thing. I don't know. You have Um, good taste. You have good taste there. But you can, Bartender can give you some very granular control over your menu bar. So for example, if you've got, um, what, what are menu bar items though? They're little applications. They're little utilities that live in your menu bar. Sometimes they live other places as well, but primarily they live in your menu bar and they give you little bits of information. So sure. they can, if you're coming you- from windows, they're what they call the task tray or something like that down at the bottom right corner on the Mac. They're across the top on the right. Right. And so these are little applications. And one thing to keep in mind is that they are going to take up some system resources. So if you have dozens of them, you know, Take that with a grain of salt. Now, typically, they're small applications, so they don't take up a ton of system resources. But depending on how high speed or how new or how optimum your Mac is, something to be aware of. I don't but, think that's really much of an issue anymore. I, I guess if it's coded poorly and has a leak or something, that can be a problem. But, I mean, I do remember the days when you actually were concerned that you'd be using up too much RAM with the menu bar apps. Or, um, But I don't think that's really much of a big deal anymore. Okay. Yeah. I'm Someone, sure we'll if we hear don't about say that. it, someone's going to write in and, yeah, I know. and tell us I know. about it. But I, I guess but it my can point also would be, delay, especially if you don't have an SSD. If you still have a spinning hard drive, many of these things launch at startup. So yeah, it, it does it, slow down the. Boot it up. can delay your startup and the amount of time, particularly from the point in time that you see your Finder, the you know kind of your desktop, until the point in time that it's actually usable, because all of those little things are launching at the time you start up your Mac. Yep. Okay. Well, that's a good point. Right. So getting back to Bartender, what Bartender does is these things typically all launch and then they go whoosh right across your menu bar. Kind of. Oh, man, I'm going to isolate that and turn that into my text your, text sound for your text you. Text I was going to go whoosh. ding, 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 ding. But yeah, what, whoosh, whoosh <laughs> okay. sounds better. But uh, what Bartender does is it allows you to have a separate bar underneath these where you can put an additional layer for those less used ones. But it also allows you to have some granular control to them. So if there's certain utilities that maybe you want running in the menu bar, but you don't ever want to see the icon, Bartender can hide that icon or hide it all the time so you don't have to actually see it. I've got a couple of icons actually hidden all the time. I think there's some of the default Apple icons, maybe. Okay. I'd have to go and look at my settings. So you can go into the Bartender settings and you can say, I never want to see this menu bar icon. Don't ever show it to me. Or show it in the Bartender bar, not in the main menu bar. Or show it in the bartender bar most of the time, but when the app has to do something, like maybe the Dropbox icon is updating or something is happening, pop it into the regular menu bar, but for a limited period of time, just so I know that something's going on. Yeah, so you've got the three places. You've got the regular menu bar, the bartender bar, or hidden entirely. And 
the way the app works, once you open the preferences, there's a list of all your menu bar apps and you just go through each one, including the Apple ones. I, it used to be that you couldn't do anything to the Apple um, menu bar apps, but I don't know how they figured out. Maybe the guy at Bartender is really smart or Apple has made it easier, but now you can actually move the Apple menu bar items and, and, and even put them in the sub menu. Like, like when I screencast all the time, I am, I always put the clock into bartender because I don't want anybody to see that even though there's only a minute passed on a screen, there's like an hour because this idiot can't figure out how to screencast even after he's been doing it for 10 years. That's you know? a good so, tip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. But it's uh, so anything you want, you can move back and forth. And like Katie was saying, they do have the ability to say when one becomes active, you know, when something's going on, push it back up to the main menu bar. So you only see it up there when you need it. And uh, that's a real nice way to get your, to tame that menu bar. And if you've got a small computer, you can still run, you know, 30 of these things and just have a bunch of them buried in Bartender. What, what a great app. They just came out with version two, uh, probably about, well, I've lost track of time, maybe eight months ago. And um, it's not I think that they did ex- it when El Capitan came out, right? Because yeah, it was it, required it, for El Capitan. Yeah, it's not that expensive. They've got keyboard shortcuts built in now. And, and this is one, this is an app we've talked about on the show before. But it's really a great starting point. We should probably mention also just the idea of removing applications. Sometimes things show up in your menu bar that you didn't intend to, or they auto load into your menu bar. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So sometimes you load an app and you didn't realize it had a menu bar component or you loaded something and you didn't realize that was there. There are a couple of ways you can get rid of that. One is maybe you just want to get rid of the app completely. So maybe you want to use a tool to uninstall that app or or get rid of it. The other thing you can do is you can check to see where these things are loaded by going into system preferences and do accounts and go into startup items or login items, excuse me. And you'll be able to see exactly what is loading at login. Yeah. And then it's interesting because looking at the menu, it's not clear that it's it's loading. I mean, I forget what's the exact language I use. Let me open it up real quick. If you look at it, there's a little checkbox on the side and under that checkbox, it says or above it, it says hidden. And if you check the checkbox, that item will launch hidden. Some people think that checking the checkbox and unchecking the checkbox means, yes, I want it or no, I don't. No, that means launch it hidden or not. If it's in that list, it's being launched at startup. Yeah. So you want want to select the one you want and hit the the little negative sign at the bottom to just remove it entirely. Uh, The other thing you can do is a lot of apps get, uh, once you install them, they put it in and start auto-loading. I've been experimenting with flux lately you know this app that um well it's on the list so we'll talk about it later uh but it it uh, defaulted to say you know install every time he loads the computer and i didn't want that but i went in the preferences and said now stop auto loading this application and then i can manually load it when i want so that's kind of the middle ground if you don't want to just nuke it entirely you can say okay don't automatically go into my menu bar and in the future we'll decide right a lot of these have custom settings that you can go in and tweak Steam's another one. I have a few games. You know, I bought that Steam. Are you familiar with Steam, Katie? I'm familiar with it, yeah. Okay, so it's a, it's like kind of like the an app store for games, and they've got some Mac stuff. And over the years, you know, between my kids and me, we bought a few games. Uh, Steam, when you install it, always wants to put things in your menu bar. It's like a game, you know. It's like all these game uh, portals are always like this. They want to load all this stuff onto your computer, and it everything comes up. So uh, that's one where you can say, don't auto-load, but go ahead and stay on the computer in case we want to play a game. So anyway, uh, so the two places you want to go is the users and groups where you manage the login items and you want to go to download the bartender app, which we've got in the show notes. 
that's the starting point, right? Did we miss anything on the starting point? I think that's the the most of it. Okay. Oh, so now we that- can also you can also add and remove items from the menu bar, um, like the default items, if you want to rearrange those. Yeah, yeah. And so you can right click on them and um, and change the um, actually just no click to on, to move them to, around. It's you hold option, down. Is it? uh, I believe it's the command key. You clicked on the command. Yeah, key. Yeah, there and it you is. Command around. key. Yeah, command key moves them around, but um, and that used to not be possible. Uh, w- with the Apple default apps, another tip in general, because we're not going to cover all the Apple default apps because those, frankly, aren't as sexy as some of the other ones we're going to cover in the show. But if you hold down the option key and you click on them, it gives you a different um set of um response of um options. Like for instance, like more you, information. Yeah, like if you go on Wi-Fi and you hold down the option key get a ton of information about your wi-fi networks that you don't get um if you hold it down good tip channels blah 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 each one has a different set of um of of options in fact when we talked recently about uh some of the wi-fi software that we would download a few people wrote in to say hey you know if you just hold on the option key i get enough information i don't need to buy an app so that's if it works for you yeah Okay, uh, so let's take on some of these apps. Uh, Katie Floyd, you want to go first or you want me to? Uh, why don't you start it off? All right. Uh, I'm going to start with one that is an oldie but a goodie, uh, Default Folder X. And um, I'm curious re- about this one because I've, I've installed this many times and I've never really gotten past the trial period, but everybody raves about it. So convince me, Sparky. Yeah, so this is a utility and, and frankly, it's, big selling point is not the menu bar app it's it's a save and close dialog box it's a replacement for the built-in save and close dialog box in os 10 so once you install default folder it when you go to save a document or open something it adds a little border around the perimeter of the usual open and save dialog box and in it there's a whole bunch of great options like you can have favorites that you save. Like I've got for the law practice, like one folder I go to all the time. Like if I've got a case in litigation and I know I'm going to be working in a lot, I add it to a favorite. And that way, anytime I want to open or save, I'm one click away from the folder that I want to be working in a lot. Uh, It also has the ability to look at your recently opened folders. So um, if you're working on a big project and you find yourself jumping into one or two folders a lot over a course of a couple of days, and then you go and open another app. You don't have to drill to it. You just go to the recent files in the um, save and close dialog box. I want you to go to the, the website and check it out. If, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, they've got some screenshots there that are really uh, illustrative. But the bottom line is, it, it's just like if someone at Apple said, okay, we want to make the save and dialog box three times as useful as it already is. And we don't care if we have to add some UI, you know, Chrome around it and make it a little more complex. Uh, We don't care. Well, that's what this is. And for Mac power users, that's exactly the kind of stuff we're looking for. Um, So, so I bought this and I've installed it, but they also had a menu bar app and it gives me quick access to the exact same groups of folders, my favorites, my recent folders, recent files. And I know there's a bunch of apps like this for sale in the app store already, you know, that they basically put something in your menu bar they give you quick ask access to your most frequently used folders. Um, I do that also with launch bar. I do it also with spotlight, but I also do it out of the menu bar uh, with this little app. And 
And with default folder, the advantage is you not only are you getting a nice uh, little menu bar app, you're also totally supercharging your save and close dialog box. It has been years since we mentioned this app on the show, if, if ever, and um, I use it every day. I can't believe I haven't talked about it more often. Yeah, Don McAllister has done a couple of screencasts on this, and I th- I know he recently did one on the new version because there was a new version 5 that was required. Um, it was required for El Capitan, I think, because of some of the the new features that they put in in El Capitan for security. Yeah. Um, yeah so th- this mean, is one I'm definitely going to go back and look at, and I think I'm going to watch Don's screencast because everybody who uses this raves about this, and one of my great frustrations is having to dig, 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 dig into folders and then go back and dig, 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 dig again into folders. And I think this would solve that that's problem. A, that's a lot of digs. I think that was like that's eight a lot digs. Of dig. I, well, because, you know, I like my nested folders. I do folders and folders and folders and folders. Well, if if you are like Katie and you have to do a lot of digging, this app is totally worth it. Now, they have a it's you buy it from them. It's not something in the app store because yeah, you know, it's, it's got it's got unicorn tears in it or whatever. And Apple doesn't let them sell it. Um but the, um, it, you know, it's, it's constantly updated and I forget the guy's name who's behind it. This is another one of these small developer. I think he works with his son on it now, but he's been doing this since before it was OS 10 memory serves. I mean, this like goes back to like OS eight and, and it's just a great app. Katie, I can't believe you haven't tried this, uh, or at least really been sold on it. So, so definitely try it and report back to us what you think of it, but I use it all the time. Yeah. All right, so I've got one. I was actually on the default folder page checking it out, and I did not realize that the same folks who make it, uh, St. Clair Software, also make one of the other menu bar apps on my list, which is Jettison. So that seems yeah. like a, a good way to talk about Jettison. And Jettison is a, a little menu bar uh, app, and it just sits up in the menu bar. But what it does is if you're on a, a laptop, and I use it on my MacBook Air, is it keeps you from having to manually eject drives before you close the lid and put your laptop to sleep. Because if you've got like an external hard drive connected for backup or for whatever reason, and that drive is mounted, you know, if you shut the lid to your computer and you start yanking, you know, USB cords or whatever out, very bad things happen. The computer starts screaming at you. This wasn't put away properly. And if that drive was still spinning, um, then you can cause some data corruption on there. So what Jettison does is you can um, set Jettison to automatically eject all of the external drives that are connected as soon as your computer goes to sleep and then automatically remount those drives when your computer starts back up again. So this means that when you just close the lid on your computer and your computer goes to sleep, you don't ever have to worry about, ooh, did I remember to eject that USB drive or did I remember to close that? It's going to do it automatically for you. Yeah, that's really nice. It's funny. There's a subcategory of these apps we're going to talk about that are particularly useful to people on laptops. And, um, and, and you know, there's there's a whole set of needs that people have for that. Like fruit juice would be the next one, I guess, up. Is that okay if I take fruit juice? I know you like that one, too. You know, it's mine, but I'm fine. You can take it. It doesn't say K next to it in the outline, though. So I figured it was free game. Okay. Well, Fruit Juice is just one of these great apps that allows you to monitor the battery on your on your Mac, your laptop. And the uh, the nice thing about it is you, you, there's a lot of apps out there that tell you your battery health and and run diagnostics and statistics on your batteries. And it's it's a good idea to have an app like this, especially if your battery is acting funny, because then you can document it. And when you go into the Genius Bar, if there's a real problem with your battery. They can say, well, we're not sure. And you're like, well, actually, I am. Here's the report. You know, and you show them the screenshots or the reports you printed out of one of these apps. 
like default folder X, Fruit Juice brings just a little bit more to the table. And what they do is they address the problem of having a laptop that's plugged in all the time. Uh, this is like my wife is one of these folks. She's got a laptop. I think next time I, she needs a new Mac, we're going to get her an iMac because she just never she always works in the computer in the exact same desk. So why we have this, this laptop. And the problem with that is you leave the battery plugged in all the time. You never disconnect it. It's actually unhealthy for the battery to be plugged in all the time. It's like people, it needs exercise. And uh, so fruit juice will say, Hey, you should unplug your battery unplug your computer now for an hour or two. And then it'll say, well, okay, now my, your battery's got enough exercise. Now plug it back in. It's just a great way to help you preserve the, the, the life of your battery by exercising it more because when you leave it plugged in all the time, it actually dies faster. Anything to add about fruit juice since it was originally your idea? It says it originally was my idea. I do think you did a fairly good job of, of covering it. I've used it quite a bit. I I've had batteries that I know that I did not properly exercise. And so since I've got this new computer, I've, I've been pretty rabid about using fruit juice and making sure that I'm, I'm hitting my daily goals for uh, making sure that the battery is, is good. And I've had this computer, in fact, let me go up and see. Um, so I've, I've had this computer for, uh, I don't know, a couple of months now. And my battery is, has gone through 45 of a thousand charge cycles and it's still at 103% of its capacity. And I'm convinced nice. that's because I've used fruit juice to, to take care of it. And that's a relatively new computer, right? Well, I don't know. If I go to Fruit Juice, I can get my battery info seven months. Okay. So it's seven months. It's still at 103% capacity. Nice. Nice. Yeah. My my MacBook is down to, I think, like 85%. You're not taking care of that thing. Yeah, apparently. And that's that's after, what, about a year. So, okay. Um, You want to take a break and we can go go after some more? Yeah, let's do it. This episode of Mac Power Users brought to you by Gazelle, the online marketplace for buying and selling used gadgets, where you can shop from a variety of certified pre-owned electronics or trade in ones for cash and give life to a used device. You can visit gazelle.com today for more information. For years, we've told you about Gazelle. It's the trusted online marketplace for buying and selling used electronics. You can trade in an old device for cash, buy a certified pre-owned new one, or do both. For trade-in, simply visit gazelle.com, find your device, get an instant quote, and shipping is free and payment is fast. If you're looking to buy a certified pre-owned device, Gazelle has a variety of iPhones, iPads, and Samsung Galaxy phones for you to choose from. Each device is fully inspected, backed by a 30-day return policy, and sold without any carrier contract. You can go to gazelle.com and see what your old device is worth as well as check out their selection of certified pre-owned devices today. Gazelle also offers financing. You can provide some basic information to get instantly approved and choose to pay for your device over 3, 6, or 12 months. They also make payments easy via bank transfer, check, credit, or debit card. They also offer a warranty that helps cover accidental water damage, cracked screens, hardware defects, and more. And help is available 24-7 to help process claims and returns. There's several benefits of buying pre-owned devices from Gazelle. Their devices are available in good and excellent condition. Good condition shows some gentle signs of wear and tear, but are offered to consumers at great prices on wonderful devices. And all of their devices have been put in under a rigorous 30-point inspection process 
ensuring that they are in great working order. Devices purchased from Gazelle are available to support all the major carriers like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint. And if you decide to trade your phone into Gazelle, all offers are free. You can simply go online to gazelle.com, give them a little information about your gadget, and find out what it's worth. Just answer a few easy questions to get your instant price quote. Payments are fast. You can either get a check in the mail, an Amazon gift card in your inbox, or direct deposit into your PayPal account. So give life to your new and used electronics, trade them in for cash, or buy a certified pre-owned device from gazelle.com today. To get started, just visit gazelle.com, that's G-A-Z-E-L-L-E.com, and when you do, please make sure that you list Mac Power users in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So thanks to Gazelle for their continued support of the show. All right, since I stole one of yours, maybe, you know, you should be, I'm just going to give you a free license to steal any one of mine on the list. Oh, now that that's very tempting. Like, which one of yours should I take? Um, hmm. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and, and uh, go for an, an oldie but goodie, and I think I want to go ahead and take Fantastical because I know oh, that man. I know I know I just took that because I knew it would needle you a little bit, um, and that's that's one that I know you've got a lot to say about with their their recent update to version two point two, but. Um, Fantastical is a, it started out and I still use it quite a bit as a menu bar, uh, utility, and it has since blossomed into a full fledged calendar. But what's great about Fantastical is you can have full access to your calendar right in your menu bar. So you can click on it. You can see a quick view of the month. You can see what you've got coming up today and what you've got coming up your next couple of appointments in the next few days, depending on how many things you have on your calendar. But what's even better is with a you can activate it with just a, a quick keystroke, which you can customize. And it's got natural language parsing, which means I can type in record Mac Power users with David Tuesday at 6 p.m. slash M, which is the shortcut for my Mac Power users calendar. And it's going to put that entry into the Mac Power users calendar in Fantastical and boom, it's a way to go. So as soon as I'm on the phone with someone, if we set up an appointment, I am immediately hitting that keyboard shortcut, typing it in Fantastical, and then I never have to worry about it again because I know that they've got it. And Fantastical with version two has now matured into a full-fledged calendar application, no longer relegated to the menu bar. And then as I'm sure you'll mention with version 2.2 that has come out, They've added even more new features, including the ability now that they offer Exchange support. They've always supported iCloud and and Google, um, but they now offer Exchange support, the ability to see um, with with Google and Exchange when other people that you share accounts with, like if you're on a Google team or an Exchange team that you share accounts with people, when they're available so it can help you with scheduling meetings. Uh, It is just an awesome, awesome utility. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of apps where uh, companies have asked me to prepare video screencasts for them. And in essence, what ends up getting produced is a free video field guide. Because I, you know, I, I did probably an hour and a half of videos on Fantastic. I don't know, there's like 15 videos. And if you go to the website and watch some of those, you'll learn it. But the one you should really watch is that one about quick entry. Because uh, I use that every day. I mean, it's just so much easier to create when you can just use a couple keyboard strokes there's just no way you can match that on any device uh, the, as fast as Fantastic Hell does. Katie, do you use a, a keyboard shortcut for that, or you go up and click it in the menu bar? No, sorry, I was I was pressing my Fantastic Hell keyboard shortcuts, trying to figure out what it was, <laughs> um, because I don't know it off the top of my head. It's Command Shift C is what I use. You know, a couple times in the history of our show, I have gone when I used to use a keyboard mute, I would accidentally activate Siri dictation. You know, because if you hit uh, 
function twice, it does it, and then then you couldn't hear me. So I was thinking maybe that's what happened. Yeah. So yeah, if you're at home using this, set up a keyboard shortcut. It makes it even faster. I use a Control Option Command F. Just just hit them all three, and then add an F to it. And it's uh, just a great way to add very quick uh, calendar entries. Yeah. And once you once you start doing that, you won't for you know you won't forget it because it's just so nice. And, and like I said, spend the ten minutes. To, to learn the syntax, like Katie said, it's a slash um, M is for Mac power users. Like you could have slash P for personal or work or whatever. And another trick you can put in there, if you put alarm 15, it's, it sits on alarm for 15 minutes before while you're typing it in. You don't even have to stop to create an alarm. How often do you make alarms for your appointments, Katie? Do you do that I've all? got I've got default alarms set that are pretty good for most appointments. Yeah. So if I need to tweak them beyond that. Yeah. I Boy, I need those alarms. It really helps me. If I don't have it, I get into trouble. Okay. Uh, since you stole mine, now it's my turn again. So now we're uh, just going to steal back and forth from each other. No, no, I'm not going to steal this time. But okay. I'm not I'm not exactly saying I won't steal again, but this time I'm not going to steal. Uh, this is one that's kind of goofy. Uh, Carrot Weather. And um, there's a lot of weather apps out there. Um, Carrot is, is one of those apps that started on iOS, which is kind of funny, right? But then they came over to the... Uh, to the Mac. And as I say that, as I'm talking about, I'm just realizing we mentioned this app recently on a show, so I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. Folks have probably already heard about it, but it's a weather app with, with personality. You know, when you open it up, it may tell you the weather on the moon that day, if it's feeling like it, but it also does a good job of telling you your own weather. And the one thing I like about it in the menu bar is it gives you the current weather and uh, temperature and forecast, uh, you know, very quickly. You can just see it up in the top right corner of the screen. And that's an advantage of these menu bar apps. A lot of them is they convey information. And those are the ones for me that generally don't get placed in bartender. You know, if I get information, if it tells me like Fantastical's uh, app tells me the current day. And uh, you, I know you could do that as well with the built-in calendar app, but I like the way Fantastical does it. I just put it right next to the time and I'm good to go. Carrot Weather is the same way. Well, Fantastical's on the very end for me. The only thing that's further is the bartender. The bartender's on the very end, and Fantastical's the next next thing on the end. Yeah, I don't know why. It, it, well, it's probably because your your brain has learned that's the place to get the date, right? And if you put it somewhere else, it's going to move right and left depending on the number of apps you install. So I think uh, having a little bit of what we didn't talk about that, but having a little organization to your menu bar makes a lot of sense. Like I always keep the date uh, to the immediate left of the time. And, um, yeah, I just got like kind of things I do so I know where to look for things and, and that makes everything a little bit faster. Yeah. And I always put Fantastical just to the, just to the right of bartender because I feel like I'm always in that. And if I'm always going to be in it, it needs to be on the end. Uh, yeah. Makes sense. So, all right. Um, so I guess it's my turn again. I'll, I'll go with an easy, uh, an easy one. And that is caffeine and caffeine is free. So we said some of these were free. So this is one of them. Um, and caffeine is an app that will vary. Basically what it does is it keeps your Mac awake. It gives your Mac a little jolt of coffee. And there are a couple of reasons that you may want to do this. You also have to be careful because if you have caffeine activated, your Mac won't go to sleep. It could run down your battery. And more importantly, um, your screensaver won't activate and your Mac won't lock. So just be aware of those things. But when yeah, could it's this, not that it, you may run down your battery, you, you will, will run, run down your battery. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, maybe you want to do that on purpose. But what caffeine will do is it keeps your screen from dimming. It keeps your Mac from going to sleep. And I activate caffeine in a couple of situations. One is um, if I'm giving a presentation, I will activate caffeine, particularly if I'm doing like a screen sharing session 
or if I'm participating in a webinar where I'm sharing my screen, but maybe I'm talking for a long period of time, or maybe I'm projecting something on my screen, or if I'm watching something on the web and I'm watching a webinar and my computer, I'm not necessarily touching the mouse or the keyboard, it keeps me from having to interact with the screen every couple of minutes to keep it from dimming or to keep it from, from going to sleep. And one of the great features is if you click on it or right click on it, you can activate caffeine for a set period of time. I, I do this when when podcasting because many times I won't touch the mouse or the keyboard when we're podcasting because I'm, I don't want to be distracted. I'm just sitting here talking to you. So um, my, my screen will sometimes dim or the screensaver will start to come on. So I'll activate caffeine and you can activate it for a set period of time. I think you can activate it for like one hour, two hours or, or five hours or indefinitely. And when I'm podcasting, typically I'll activate it for one or two hours, typically two hours for the show. Um, because then I don't have to worry about, well, if I forget to deactivate it, it will deactivate itself in two hours. Yeah, it's it's great when you need it. Uh, but also be careful. Don't run it when you don't need it because you, especially if you're on a laptop, you're going to lose your battery pretty quick. Yeah. And be careful when you're running it like in a shared environment, because if you step away, it will keep your machine from, from locking or going to sleep. Um. In the category of laptop apps, I want to talk about um, trip mode. And, yeah, uh, that's trip, a good one. I should have brought yeah. that up with laptop apps. I, I was going through looking for one, but didn't didn't see that at the bottom. Yeah, so so trip mode solves that problem of when you go in and you, uh, you go to Starbucks or whatever and you decide to tether. I think the biggest risk is tethering, uh, but also, I guess, if you're going on public Wi-Fi. But the um, uh, when you tether your, your, your computer, generally... It understands that you're tethering as opposed to Wi-Fi, but it also treats it as a Wi-Fi connection. So if you connect to a tether and you're in Starbucks and somebody you're sharing with a folder drops a four gigabyte video file in there, your computer's going to say, hey, cool, let's download that. <laughs> you know, and you just. And whenever through. I know that you're traveling, David, I make a point to do this. Yeah. When I'm traveling, yes. why me? Well, just because I'm like, it's just my little way of letting you know I'm thinking about you. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So, so anyway, you, you'll blow through all your cellular data without even realizing what happened and trip mode, it goes up in your menu bar and it detects when you've gone on to one of these, you know, tethering situations. And it says, Hey, uh, do you really want me to uh, sync everything? You know, would you like me to turn off Safari or OmniFocus or Dropbox or iCloud? And so you can go through on a very granular basis and turn off services. And you just leave it in your menu bar. This is a great candidate for burying and bartender because it does. You don't really need to see it, uh, but it's always out there looking out for you. So the next time you're on a trip and you connect to um, uh, to tethered uh, Wi-Fi, uh, it's it's going to keep you from blowing through all of your cellular. It's yeah. it's just a great app. I I feel like it almost should be part of the operating system. It's so useful. It really should. And a couple of things that when I activate trip mode. The default ones that I leave on is I leave on Safari and Mail, and then I'll selectively turn on if I have to from there, because I figure I want to get whatever, if I'm specifically browsing somewhere, I want to go there, or, or, and Cloak, because I that's my VPN. In fact, we'll talk about that next. Um, and Mail, I obviously want to get. But anything other than that, no, I want to specifically ask permission to go there. I don't want photos syncing in the background. I don't want Dropbox syncing in the background. I don't want iTunes to download something in the background. I, I want to know about it if it's happening. Yeah, basically, cloud storage and media are are trouble for you when you when you're on the road because those are the ones that can very easily push gigabytes of data through your pipe, and uh, you don't want those running unless you have a very specific reason. 
Right. And speaking about being on the road, um, I, having a VPN is great when you're on the road. There are a couple of that we've talked about on the show. Cloak is one and Tunnel Bear is another. Um, I like both of these because um, they're very easy to use. They work on both Mac and iOS. They just sit up in the menu bar. Um, Tunnel Bear is super easy because it just has a very easy on-off switch. So if it's on, it's securing you with a VPN. If it's off, it's not. And they have cute little bears. And who doesn't like cute little bears? Because bonus, you know. Um, bears. And yeah. Bears. Yeah, they're cute little bears. Um, and Cloak, one of the their big features that I really like about Cloak is they have an auto-secure feature. And this can get you into a little bit of trouble sometimes, like if you're trying to connect to a hotel Wi-Fi or if you're trying to... Um, like set up an internet connected device. Like I was trying to set up my, uh, my Amazon dot. Can you know how sometimes when you have to do that, you have to connect to like their proprietary Wi-Fi network. Yeah. And I find that I have to turn off the cloak auto secure when I'm doing that because cloak will try to secure that connection and not let me connect. Um, so tip, if you're having trouble like setting up Belkin Wemos or um, Alexa's or things like that, that you have to connect to a separate Wi-Fi network that, that may be what's interfering with you. But 99% of the time, I really like that auto secure feature because that means that I'm not going to forget to turn it on. You know, if I walk into a hotel room uh, and I've got free Wi-Fi, if I walk into a Starbucks and I've got free Wi-Fi and I start just doing something on my computer or doing something on my phone and I'm connected, I don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, was my connection secure? Yeah, if I was connected, it was because Cloak spotted it and automatically connected me. Yeah, and something I'd add for both Cloak and for... um trip mode is if you if you take our advice and get some of these apps and suddenly your internet isn't working right like some website you can't get to or some app doesn't seem to be syncing it's probably one of those two there's a good chance it's one of those two that's that's stopping it so you want to check that out good tips okay uh how about for the next one there this app is uh this is not a, a mobile only solution but there's a great app called duet display and as i understand it, it's made by a couple former apple engineers and what it does is allow you to turn your ipad into an external display for your mac and uh, i believe it does wireless too i always use it wired because i just feel like when i make an external display copper wire makes a lot of sense but all you have to do is plug it into your mac with the lightning cable and this prop up your your iPad next to your Mac. And it's just like running two screens with my big jumbo iPad. When we record the Mac power users, I have it sitting right here. And it's a second display for my 27-inch iMac. And all the recording stuff is over there. So I can just keep an eye on the recording while we're talking. Uh, when you're on the road, you can plug it into a laptop. It's just, it's just such a great app. And there have been several attempts at this over the years. And I was never happy. I, I've bought like three or four of these over the years. And every time I do, I'm unhappy. It's like too much lag. It doesn't work right. But Duet has just been rocking it uh, since I first bought it. And I've had it now a year or two. And uh, just a great little app. It sits in your menu bar, so it's always looking. If you have it installed, since you plug in your iPad, it's going to ask you if you want to run it as a second display. Awesome. Have you tried it with your fancy new iPad Pro yet? Yes, I have. Um, and I really don't need Duet Display on my regular setup because I've got both my 24-inch monitor and my 13-inch MacBook Air when I'm set up at my at my desk. Yeah. But yeah. I've I've used it in situations where I've I'm taking just my MacBook Air and I've got my iPad with me, so it's yeah. kind of a second display for when I'm just on the road. Yeah, great app. Which is and I think well. it was yeah once again one of these not very expensive and just. Saves you the price of buying an extra monitor. I mean, why not? Especially because the iPad's getting bigger and bigger. Right. 
So I've, we've got more picks, but uh, before we do, let's take a quick break and uh, talk about another sponsor, which I know you're very, very excited about. You actually arm wrestled me for this one. Yes, I really wanted to do this ad spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you go. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get a free 30-day trial membership by going to the website audible.com slash MPU. We are so happy to welcome Audible as a sponsor of the Mac Power Users. I have to admit, this is an ad spot I've been waiting years to give. I've been a member of audible.com for something like seven or eight years. They have a library of over 180,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, and more. If you like podcasts, you'll probably like audible.com. And right now, Audible is offering a 30-day trial membership to listeners of the show. Just go to audible.com slash MPU to take a look at their fantastic catalog of audio programs. You can also grab their app if you want to listen on the go. Whether you've got a long commute or maybe you just like to listen to books while you do housework, audible.com is perfect. You can listen to your favorite book on the web, on your phone, or even in their application. Audible asked me to go ahead and make a recommendation to our listeners, and I have a doozy for you. In fact, I had to wrestle Katie to let me give this ad spot because I wanted to share this one so badly. Years ago, I started listening to these books by Patrick O'Brien. The first one is called Master and Commander, and it's the story of Captain Aubrey and Dr. Maturin. It's set during the Napoleonic Wars, and it's about a sea captain and a surgeon, and it's awesome. Patrick O'Brien would research naval engagements from the Napoleonic Wars, and he would tie actual events into his two characters. The best way I could describe it is it's like a Jane Austen novel, but it involves sailing ships and a lot of cannons going off. Patrick O'Brien ended up writing something like 20 of these books covering the entire career of these two guys, and I listened to them all. They're just so good as audiobooks. Now, they made a movie about this, which was okay, but honestly, these are so much better if you listen to them. They're narrated by Patrick Toll, who just does a wonderful job of bringing these books to life. But if that's not your thing, that's okay. You can try one of the other 180,000 books they have available. They've got fiction and nonfiction materials alike, but I have to admit, I just love doing fiction on audiobooks. It's been years since I read a fiction book because they're so good as Audible. You have an actor bringing these characters to life and just really making it a lot more fun. And usually because it's fiction, it's something you can consume while you're walking out in the garden or driving to work. To get your free 30-day free trial, go to audible.com slash MPU. Once again, audible.com slash MPU. And thank you, Audible, for your support of the Mac Power Users. All right. Um, coming back in, let's let's talk about a, a, another oldie but goodie, and that is Carbon Copy Cloner. And Carbon Copy Cloner is the app that I have gone to for doing almost all of my clone backups. Super Duper is great as well, but they don't have a menu bar icon, so that's why we're talking about Carbon Copy Cloner in in this episode. Uh, Carbon Copy Cloner has a little menu bar icon that will tell you the status of um, when your tasks are scheduled to run and when the last when the last run, when the next run is and, and was the last run done successfully. And if a task is running now, it will give you a quick status of um, where it is and so you can see if a task is stalled or what's going on. But what Carbon Copy Cloner does is it allows you to make uh, backups of your devices. And I love it because I've got a task set up to do nightly clones of my 
computer to an external hard drive. I've got it set to do verified clones, which is basically where it goes in um, and checks the checksum of the files. So that I do that weekly. So it again, so it checks the checksum of the files on my computer against what's on the backup. And that takes a little bit longer. So I typically do that like in the middle of the night on a on a Saturday night or t- I guess very early Sunday morning is typically when I do it. Um, and it takes a lot longer, but it it helps me to know that, yes, it's it's I call it a verified clone because I know that the the files are are actually there, and I'm not worrying about corrupted data. And I also use it to do a clone backup of my Drobo. And so what it has the ability to do is it has the ability to mount and unmount volume. So I've got it set up to um, mount my network Drobo volume. It mounts that. It mounts the uh, the external hard drive that I have attached to my computer when the time comes right. And it goes ahead and it does a clone of that specific volume to the USB hard drive. And so it's very, very versatile. It's very easy to set up. Um, and I like being able to see it in the menu bar to be able to see what has happened, did it occur successfully, and what's going to happen next. Yeah, that's a nice one. I, I'm going to go to an Apple one for my next pick. And I know the Apple ones are kind of vanilla and boring, but there's one that most people don't know exists, and it's the Apple Scripts menu. And I say that in the generic term of scripts, not just Apple Script. But if you go into the Apple Scripts application in the preferences, there's a little checkbox there that lets you put the scripts icon in your menu bar. And if you are like me and you've got a collection of Apple scripts that you occasionally like to use, I've got a bunch for OmniFocus and other applications I use. Uh, it's just a nice place to keep. Um, you can you, you put them on a folder in your Mac and they show up in this menu. So you can run the scripts just with your clicking your mouse or your trackpad or whatever pointing device you're using. And it's really useful. It's not a big deal, but most people don't know it even exists. So go to the scripts app and check the box and preferences to put that up there. Then once you load those scripts into the folder, uh, it's, you know, I also launch scripts with launch bar as well, but I, I do it up there in the menu bar just as often. And that's the one that for me, like would fit in the bartender. Cause I don't, I don't use it every day, but when I want a quick access to my scripts, it's, it's a really great way to do it. That one's free. All right. Well, I mentioned my Drobo a minute ago, and I've got a Drobo 5N, and I'm excited because that Drobo just got some additional functionality, as you may have heard. We can now um, remotely access stuff that's stored on it from the web, which is awesome. And one of the ways that you can configure the Drobo, you can set up your your various shares, and um, you can install apps and check the status of the drives and see how much space you have left. And um, all of those other good things is Drobo has their own dashboard utility. They call it the Drobo dashboard, but it does not live in the dashboard. Um, it's a separate app, and part of it lives in the menu bar. So there's a menu bar app for that. It's not something that I go into every day. I say I say I maybe go into it maybe a couple of times a month if I need to run some updates or or do something. So it it again it sits in that that bartender bar. But one of the things that's really important, and one of the reasons why I keep it running in the background is it will monitor the Drobo's health and the status, and it will let me know if there's a problem with any of their drives, which just this week I had, it was an old drive, it was the oldest drive I had in there, but I had a drive die in my Drobo. And so you can configure that Drobo app to send an email alert if something happens, if there's a critical alert that you need to know about. And I got an email the other morning from my Drobo that said, uh, hey, this drive has failed, you might want to do something about that. And so I just went online, Amazon Prime to a new drive. It'll be here tomorrow and stick it in. All will be well again. 
So do you get, when you get a new drive for your Drobo, do you get the, um, they have NAS drives now, like NAS specific drives, and they also have just the regular hard drive. Do you have a choice when you get a new one? Um, okay. So this is, someone's going to write in and say that this is a really bad thing to do. I, I, I have no knowledge about what is a good drive and what is a bad drive to get into yeah. an, a NAS. I have been told that um, the green drives are not necessarily great drives to put in the NAS. Um, because they, yeah, you're talking about Western digital green. Those yeah, are the ones that the, are well, energy the green efficient. Drive, well, green, because they're energy efficient and they also tend to spend down, which can be a problem in an as. Yeah. So I've been told, and I think Drobo's got on their website, some drives that they recommend, um, that the, I, what I'm using is I'm using the red hard drives, which I think are the Western digital red drives. I'll put a link to them. Yeah, in the, that, the show. That's the NAS drives. Yeah. The- because they're specifically made for NASs. Um, and at this point, you know, because the beauty about the Drobo is you you don't have to buy drives immediately. You buy them as you need them. Um, I'm not buying anything less than three terabytes. I've got mostly threes and a couple of twos and I think maybe one one terabyte drive in there. That'll but, be the next one that dies probably. Yeah, it will be. But it's like as the price goes down, it's like every time I buy a drive, it costs me less than the less, the last drive that I bought. And it's like double or triple the size. And then you just buy them as you need them. I exactly. That's what I do. Yeah. Okay, so my next pick is uh, an app that I have talked about on the show before, but I don't care. I'm going to talk about it again. Better Touch Tool is so amazing. Katie, are you using Better Touch Tool? I don't have it. I keep trying to talk you into it. It's not going to do me much good without a magic trackpad. But you got a trackpad on your Mac. Don't you use a trackpad? Oh, yeah, I guess I do. I mean, it's it's just so great. Uh, This is okay. So when we come back, I really want you to try um, both Better Touch Tool and default folder and just just tell me if i'm crazy but but so better touch tool is an app that allows you to take the trackpad and add tons of like superpowers to it like i i have a, a a gesture where i hold three fingers on and tap my index finger it's like you know that precise you can get all these different gestures i have one where i force like a force press on the lower left corner of the current app always makes it the left side of the screen and force press on the right side of the trackpad always makes the current app the right side of the screen. So it's like window management. It does, uh, you can, you can, you know, engineer this thing to do so many different things. It works also with the magic mouse or with the magic trackpad. It works with the trackpad built into Apple Max. Uh, he recently switched to a, a paid model, which frankly, I was kind of relieved because I rely on this app so much. I really want the guy to make enough to keep it, keep it running. Um, but it, it's a great app. I care, I hear from listeners on it and it's a funny thing. I know a lot of people listen to me and say that is just like way too nerdy. I don't need it. And then occasionally somebody tries it and then they write me and say, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. Uh, I really recommend gang trying better touch tool if you haven't, because it allows you anything that you do normally on your Mac that you want to turn into like a, like a piano playing keyboard shorthand that you can do with your fingers on a trackpad, uh, better touch tool tool can do. I remember when Mike uh, Hurley was talking about, he bought some fancy mouse, you know, in fact, I even tried it and returned. I didn't like it. All the stuff he was talking about, you can do with his fancy mouse. You could do with better touch tool and, and then some, it's a, it's just a great little app. And, uh, it, it goes in my menu bar, <laughs> you know, you can go up in the menu bar to make changes and adjustments and things like that. I think I kind of cheated putting this one in this show now that I think about it, because it really isn't about the menu bar, but, but it does have a you menu just bar. Just like app. any excuse to talk about it. Well, I looked at I looked at the top of my menu bar and the ones that are my favorites, and that's one of them. Even though it's really not like this is another one that you put you bury in Bartender. Well, and is it one that you even need to hide? Could you just hide it, or does it do stuff? 
I, you know, I can't bring myself to hide an app because I don't know. What if I want to quit it or something? You I just feel like, hide it. yeah, that sounds like a lot of work to me. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I don't hide any of them. I, I'll, I will bury them in, in bartender, but I, I haven't hid any of them. Yeah. All right. So another one for me is do, uh, I don't know if you're on the do bandwagon, David. I, we haven't really talked too much about it, but yeah, say, it saved my marriage. <laughs> Did I tell you about that? No, I can't. The trash cans need to go out every Thursday oh. night at the Sparks house. <laughs> and, and for some reason I am incapable of remembering that. And, you know, my wife said, you know, it'd be really nice if I didn't have to nag you about trash cans on Thursday nights. And I thought about it. I said, you know, honey, you are absolutely right. You should not have to do that. And so I tried with an omni-focused task, but that wasn't good enough to, you know, as you're about to explain, do really solve this problem. So here's what do does. And I know people say, you know, how many task management apps do I need? Do I had to get my head around this for years. I, I did not buy do because I thought I do not need another task management app because there it is. It's, it's got a check mark on it, right? It must be a task management app, but it's really not. It's really a reminder app. And it's a better reminder app. It's like if Apple would build this functionality into the reminder app, it would be so much better. So here's the problem with reminder apps is you put something in your reminder app. You say, remind me every Thursday at 7 p.m. to take out the trash. The little ding goes off Thursday at 7 p.m., but you're in the middle of something. You're eating dinner. You're cooking dinner. You're, you know, um, out at a restaurant. Lots of things involving dinner at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. But that's probably true. And that and. It's an hour later before you actually get home. You have long forgotten that the little ding went off reminding you to take out the trash. It's now at the back of your head and you're not going to remember it anymore. So what do does is I put my most important reminders in do, those things that absolutely positively need to be done at a specific time or specific day and cannot be forgotten. And what do does is it will keep nagging you about it. It has this great feature called auto snooze. So I've got a reminder. Uh, this is an important one. Every Sunday night at 8.30 p.m., it says post MPU. Because if I don't post Mac Power users Sunday nights, when I wake up on Monday mornings, there's a big problem. And I have lots of people telling me about it. Yeah. So Sunday nights at 8.30 p.m., it says post Mac Power users. And I've set that to auto snooze every 15 minutes. Because Sunday nights at 8.30, I may not be quite ready to post it. But I don't want to forget about it. So at 8.45, it will remind me. At 9 o'clock, it will remind me. At 9.15, it will remind me. At 9.30, it will remind me. And it will remind me every 15 minutes until I click, yes, I've done it. It just bangs you over the head over and over again. Right. And it, if you did this for most of your tasks, it would be completely insane. But if you have two or three things, like getting a podcast posted or getting the trash cans out without making your wife's life you know, worse, <laughs> uh, do is probably a good solution for you. And I tell you, it has really saved me, um, for our live shows. Cause I've set it to the second Wednesday of the month to push out the live show, which I know yeah. is not quite true, but it's, it's pretty close. Yeah. There have been at least twice that I have completely forgotten about it, that I've, it's woken me up and gone, Oh yeah, I've got to go post the live show. Okay, I since the last one, I, I kind of went off the reservation a little bit with the last one. It totally wasn't a menu bar app, even though it has a, a menu bar app. Uh, this one is a full-fledged menu bar app, and it's called Display Mode. And I use this particularly for a lot of my screencasting work, where if you want to switch resolutions on the Mac, it's kind of a pain. And especially with the modern Macs, 
it's not even like the old days where there's a scrolling list of, of resolutions that you pick from. It's like good, better, larger, smaller. It's like, what the heck does all this mean? Right? So uh, display mode is an app I got in the app store that just drops down a list of all the various resolutions that it can crank out in your current display. And, and all you do is click on one and it switches it. So if I'm recording and I want something to be kind of bigger on the screen and I want to record in a, in a lower resolution, um, then I click a button and I can do the recording. And as soon as I'm done, I need to get out of that resolution so I can actually edit the file. I click it again and it returns me to where I was. Uh, display mode's great for that kind of stuff. Uh, so if you ever have need to change the resolution of your monitor, display mode is completely worth it. Uh, there's a, a an add-on for this one, and this one is not in the App Store. It's called Switch Res X. So Switch Res is one word, and then the, then the letter X afterwards. This is like display mode, but it's like supercharged. Like one of the um, issues is like I wanted to record a bunch of stuff at 1280 by 720. And I was doing it on a laptop for something I was doing. Uh, laptops, because of the screen dimensions, they don't go to 1280 by 720 by and large. And if you get an app like Display Mode, it's not even going to show that as an available option. Switch Res can actually make that happen. Even just, on a laptop. just to clarify, Display Mode will only show you the exact same things that is in the system preference pane, correct? Uh, not no. true. Okay. Not true. Because like in the system preference pane on my iMac, all I see is five options, you know, uh, whereas display mode shows me many, many more. Yeah. Just a warning. Display mode looks like it hasn't been updated since 2012. Oh, really? Well, mm -hmm. see, I, I, I guess I should have looked to see if there's a newer one, but I can tell you display mode still works fine because I, I used it yesterday, but the, um, how much, well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, three we don't bucks. want to talk about prices too much because everything changes. So it's three bucks. Uh, if you need something to switch resolutions quickly, it's it's a good solution. Uh, the power tool there is Switch Res X, which is is a bit more. And like I said, you have to go outside of the App Store to get it. Um, but but if you just need to do it simply, uh, Display Mode would work. Both of those have menu bar apps, of course. Yeah, I had a problem where I was giving a webinar and I was presenting and I had to have my screen in a certain resolution that it did not support to do. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? I was like, oh, yeah, Switch Res X will do that. Thank goodness. Yeah. Okay, your turn. Yes, it is my turn. I need to uh, pick another one. Um, all right, so we'll go with a with an easy one, with, a, with an oldie but goodie. But um, Dropbox, it's always in my menu bar. It always just works. I, does anybody not have a Dropbox account anymore? I think at this point you just have to have one so that you can share things back and forth with people. Um, but Dropbox, you get two gigabytes for free. There are a couple of ways that you can get some extra, but if you want more, you've got to do a pay account. I, I really wish Dropbox did a couple more tiers of their paid account, um, you know, rather than just jump, jumping up to the to the one terabyte paid level. I think you're at the one terabyte paid level, correct? Yeah, I'm really torn on it. We, we've, we've been kicking around the idea of doing a future show on kind of a comparison between the, you know, iCloud, Google Drive, Dropbox, because there's a lot of different options now, and there's no reason to be paying for multiples of these. But Dropbox is still great, and uh, boy, it, that's an app and that really... And it's pretty universal. I mean, I think you got to have one because so many apps now sync via Dropbox. And it's it's pretty great in terms of a menu bar app, because it's, it can very quickly see activity, get the recently downloaded files. Like one of my, my Dropbox menu bar tips is, uh, in, on the legal stuff, I do a lot of letters and I always want the letter as a PDF when I'm done. 
So I have like in my, like you, I have folders upon folders. So in my correspondence folder on a project, I will have a, a subfolder called drafts. And in that is like a bunch of pages, documents and Microsoft word documents. And once I get the letter exactly how I want it, then I command PP to save as a PDF and I save it to the, the level above that folder, which would be the correspondence folder. So when I'm done, I've got a PDF uh, in that folder and it's unsigned because it's just the, it's just like the form letter. If you had printed it out on a printer, well, all you have to do is go up to the Dropbox menu bar icon and tap that. And then it'll show the most recently added new documents. And it will, the top one will always be that, that letter you just created. So you click on that and then it gets you right into it and uh, PDF pin where you can sign it or, you know, whatever you're going to do with it next. So uh, it's just a really, that's just one example of how having the Dropbox menu bar icon can help. Uh, for me, I use the Dropbox one. I keep it in Bartender, but I have that thing where it says if there's any activity in the last like five minutes, go ahead and leave it in the main bar. And I'm always looking for it. Yeah. So Dropbox is, is definitely one, but there are other cloud services too. Yeah, there are. I, like I said, this may be another show someday because they're, it's like, it used to be so hard to do this stuff, these cloud services. And now a lot of companies are doing it. Not only big companies like Apple and Dropbox and Google, but even smaller companies are doing these cloud services. And so it's not as hard maybe to get the, get the job done now. So it allows for more competition and different feature sets. I, I think that's why we almost need to go back and give this a whole show. Uh, but another one that I would mention is uh, Omnipresence, which is kind of from our friends over at the Omni Group. And it's a great menu bar icon as well. Uh, if you if you do a lot of work in like Omni Outliner, which I do, it's Omnipresence is perfect for that. And it's in the menu bar. So Anytime I'm working on the iPad and I get back to the Mac, I just go click on the omnipresence icon in the menu bar and it gets me to the folder with all that stuff in it. And then I can open it up from there on my Mac and, and be rolling. Yeah. And I guess we should explain a little bit about what omnipresence is. It's Omni's own sync service. So because of the, the nature of many of Omni's file formats, sometimes they don't work very well with like Dropbox or, or iCloud because of it's, they're kind of almost like package files. Um, yeah. So what, you know, Omni was having so much difficulty integrating with some of these things that they said, you know, we're just going to build our own sync service and then we know it works and then we know that we can support it. And when people have issues, we can we can take care of that. Um, and it yep. does. So if you're using um, uh, OmniFocus, it will sync all of your OmniFocus information. If you're using OmniOutliner, all of your outlines will sync. So, yeah, it's great. Um, there's one more app we should probably talk about in terms of cloud services, but you want to take a quick break first? We can do that. So let's do that and we'll be right back. So I want to take a moment to tell you about our next sponsor for this episode, and that is our good friends over at SaneBox. Now, if you have not tried SaneBox yet, you need to, because the folks at SaneBox have told us that more than 66% of Mac Power user listeners who have ended up trying SaneBox have ended up subscribing to it. So there's a pretty good chance that you'll love it too. So here's what SaneBox does. It automatically filters your email for you. So you don't have to fuss with all of the unimportant stuff. SaneBox learns what email is important to you and filters out what isn't, saving you hours. It works with all kinds of email programs and services. You're not going to have to change a thing about your existing workflow. It's just going to add in and work. SaneBox has great email filtering. So the first thing they do is that they give you the Sane Later folder. So the first time you sign up, it will go in, it will analyze your inbox. You don't have to sit there and watch. 
And it's going to look at what's important to you based on your email behavior. It's going to keep only those most important emails in your inbox, and then everything else is going to go into the Sane Later folder. Now, SaneBox is fully trainable, and the more you use it, the more it will learn. So if there is an important in- email in that Sane Later folder, just pull it back out into the inbox, and SaneBox will learn. And vice versa, something in the inbox that you don't think is that important, put it in Sane Later, and SaneBox will learn from that too. And once you get the hang of that, you can start expanding in SaneBox's services. For example, they've got a black hole folder, so you can unsubscribe from emails with just one click. My favorite thing is the snooze folders. That means you can defer emails until they're more appropriate to handle. So it's great for deferring emails until like the next business day or emails that you get over the weekend. You can defer them until Monday. And those are emails that they don't disappear. They just leave your inbox and then they pop back when you tell them you want them to. So you don't have to worry about them and you don't have to have them at the top of your mind. There's also a great feature called Sane Reminders. So if you send someone an email, but you want to make sure that they get back to you, you can BCC like one week at SaneBox.com. And if your receiver doesn't reply, you'll get an email in one week to follow up. And you can even add more custom filtering email boxes. Like we've got one for the feedback email box for this show. Uh, So there's all kinds of things that SaneBox can do. There are various pricing plans. They start as low as $4 a month, and they've got a 14-day free trial. This is really something that you have to see to believe. I signed up for the SaneBox 14-day free trial when they first came on as a sponsor to the show. took me all of two days to realize that this was indispensable to my workflow. So go check them out over at SaneBox.com slash MPU to save on your first plan. And thanks to SaneBox for their support of the show. So we talked about Dropbox, but the other app that that we really should talk about, and it does have a menu bar. And I actually found that I use it a lot more when it's sitting in my menu bar, and that's Google Drive. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize they had one. I just hadn't noticed until you had put it in the outline, and now I've installed it, and now I'm a believer. Right. So what Google Drive, I mean, we all have used Google Drive. Google has great services like Google Docs and Google Spreadsheets. In fact, David and I run Mac Power users quite a bit through Google Drive. We have a, our outlines are all done through Google Docs. We have a spreadsheet with all of our shows and sponsorships coordinated through Google Spreadsheets. And that's wonderful. Um, but Google Drive also gives every Google user, I believe it's 15 gigs. Am I correct? I may be making that up. but I don't a, know how much it is. But a, yeah. a significant amount of storage space for free. Um, and you can put more stuff in there than just uh, Google Spreadsheets and Google Docs. Uh, you can put anything you want in there. You could put PDFs in there. You could put Word documents in there. You can put photos in there. You can use that space however you want. And Google Drive makes it a lot easier to use that space because what it's going to do when you install it on your Mac is it's going to replicate a very similar to Dropbox-like format uh, with with a folder structure on your Mac. Yeah. It's interesting that of the the services, the one that we have not mentioned having a menu bar application is the one made by Apple. I'm not aware. Oh, of, iCloud. Yeah, I forgot about that. It does not. I'm not aware it's, of them it's having over one. In the, it's over in the side, over in the favorite sidebar, iCloud is, but it's yeah, not in the menu a, bar. It's in the finder, yeah, but it's not in the menu bar. Interesting, huh? Okay. Um, I, the next one I would like to mention is uh, is an app that I, I, another one I've talked about on the show a bit, but it, the menu bar function of it is actually quite useful, and that's drag and dictate. If you're going to be doing dictation, and uh, I've said this before, you know, it's a few bucks to buy it, but it does dramatically improve dictation recognition over the built-in Siri dictation. And the menu bar icon for Dragon is very useful. They It shows up 
and and this is one I always keep in the the main menu bar because I want to see it. Um, it's got the little dragon icon or the nuance icon, and it's got a little dot next to it. If the dot's red, the microphone's off. If it's green, um, it's um, it's hot, and if it's kind of like a darker green and it's on hold. I, I the one thing I don't like is that the color. The dot is a little too small and the color between on hold and live is just a little too close that sometimes I miss it. But um, having that up in your screen, because I don't like all the other, you know, like Dragon will put a bunch of stuff on your screen if you let it, you know, a bunch of like, it tells you word for word what it's recognizing as you talk. I don't need that. I just want to put the cursor into a document and start talking. And that menu bar icon is, is super useful if you're going to use Dragon. And if you already own Dragon, you're not using the menu bar please do you'll find that it's it, it really makes a difference all right uh other let's see pop up backblaze yeah <laughs> there's just yeah. so many good ones here we're just picking off a off a list but um backblaze is my backup service of choice i switched to it several years ago because i really loved the fact that it was a native mac application that it was made by mac developers people who really understood and got the mac and ever since i've switched I just haven't had to worry about it. Um, in fact, I don't have to open this very often because really the only reason you would open it would be to check on the status of your backup, which for me after the initial backup done was always, yep, you're backed up, no items yeah. remaining. Um, but if you add a bunch of files or if you attach an external hard drive or if a significant amount of, of stuff has changed, then it's going to take Backblaze a while to to upload that stuff to the cloud. And so maybe you want to check on it and, and see what the status is. Or if you ever need to restore a file, um, then going in through that Backblaze system preference, or not system preference, but going in through the Backblaze menu item, what that's going to do is it's going to do a couple of things at a glance. One is it's going to tell you quickly how many files left or do you have remaining to back up, how many, how many, how much storage space do you do you have left to back up, and then it can quickly open the system preference pane, which is going to give you quick access to do a little more data, dig in a little uh, deeper to the data. Rather, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one I would recommend worth trying is Flux. And uh, this is a, a thing lately. We've been talking about this, you know, night mode on the iOS devices. Did I get it right? What's it called? Night Shift. You night know, Shift and iOS 1.0 yeah. or 3.0. No, 9.3. 9.3. There you go. So the idea is as you get later in the day, they try to shift the screen to make it less blue and more warm. And the idea is at night, it's easier to see in your eyes. It doesn't feel like you're getting radiated by your screen, especially in your dark room in the middle of the night. Uh, I do notice a difference. I, I think it helps. I'm not sure. Uh, but Duet, I've been trying. So Duet's the version of this on the Mac, and it's been around for a long time. In fact, a lot of people say, you know, Night Shift is basically ripping off the idea of Duet. <laughs> but the um, the thing I don't like about Duet, because I've been testing it for about a month, is it gets too orangey um, you know, yellowy as you get later into the night and there's a setting for it and I keep trying to adjust it. And I can't seem to get it right. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it or not, but if, if you're enjoying night shift on your phone and your iPad, uh, try do it display. That one I believe is free. I, I'm, they haven't asked me for any money yet. I've been using it for a month. So, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the model is for it, but, but go ahead. And, I'm sorry. I just called it Duet, Didn't I? You did. Yes. I, I meant flux. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Another one that, that I use, and I think we talked about um, recently, is Unclutter. And that's I, I'm really enjoying it because ever since I've kind of figured out the secret sauce to Unclutter is Sync, um, it, it has become significantly more useful for me. But what Unclutter it does is, I guess it's technically a menu bar item, but it really, it just, 
it lives in the menu bar. And what it is, is it's, um, it, it's kind of like a window shade. Is that a good way to describe it? That yeah. rolls up into the menu bar. And when you scroll up to the menu bar and pull down, unclutter comes down. And you've got three panes by default. I've narrowed my down to two that will allow you to drop files in there, to type notes in there, or to co- see the contents of your clipboard. Now, I've gotten rid of the clipboard because I don't find a need for that. But if you go into the unclutter preferences, what you can do is you can set up a folder where those items sync across multiple devices. So the files that you put in unclutter will sync or the notes that you put in unclutter will sync. And I've set that sync folder to be a Dropbox folder and I've set it to be the same folder on all of my Macs. So that data that I type into unclutter now syncs across all of my Macs. So if I need just a quick scratch pad to put something, and I don't consider this to be real permanent information, although it's yet to disappear on me. Um, if I want to quickly clear my desktop and throw those items somewhere, um, I toss them up in there and unclutter, and I know where they're going to be, and I know they're going to be safe. If I want to take a quick note of something, maybe I'm on a phone call, or maybe I need to make a quick note of something, I put it in there. If I'm starting something on my Mac at home and I want to pick it up, you know, just a quick text something, and I want to finish it up at work or vice versa, I can type a quick bit of information in Unclutter and know that it will sync there. It's just been incredibly useful. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, another one that's really useful is PopClip. And um, PopClip is, I'm kind of fascinated by these apps that bring kind of iOS functionality to the Mac. It's an interesting concept, you know, uh, but the, uh, but PopClip deals with that thing, you know, on the Mac, on the iOS, like in your iPhone, iPhone or iPad, when you select text, it gives you an immediate pop-up with them, some things you can do with it. Maybe you can format the text or share the text or do something like that. PopClip does that on the Mac. So whenever you select something with your mouse, it's not with the keyboard. It only works with the mouse. It opens up a bunch of options and you can just continue with your mouse to press a button. Uh, like one of the things I use it for all the time is changing the the capitalization of text. Like I have a bunch of text selected and for some reason it's all capitalized. I can turn it to lowercase or the opposite. It also has the ability to Google search it. I mean, it's got a plugin kind of functionality to it and there's so much you can do with it. Our friend Brett Terpstra went through and wrote a bunch of scripts for it. So like converting things to Markdown, um, just about any nerdy thing you can do. Like you can even have it like uh, alphabetize a list. If you have a list and you select it all and there's a pop clip plugin that will that will um, go ahead. I think it uses a JavaScript to go through and organize the list by you know capitalization. Uh, super useful and a great little app and it fits right up in your menu bar. So you can run it from there or with the mouse. Cool. Uh, one that I use heavily is iStat Menus, and this is really a power menu bar item. And Yeah, I'm surprised it took this long to get to that one. I was like saving it for the end because I wanted okay. to make sure we had some meat at the end of this. I didn't want to just relegate, you know, the, oh, yeah, and that too. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate you saving it for me, David. I was I was yeah. a little worried that you were going to take it, it over. It did not me. have a K next to it. I've been watching it. It did not. Um, yeah. So iStat Menus, gosh, what what can't it do? Um, it's a little, it's a utility for your menu bar that is highly configurable that can give you all kinds of additional information about what your Mac is doing in your menu bar. For example, you can get information about your CPU and GPU and um, how it's running. So what percentage of your CPU or GPU power are you using? And there are like four different options for how you can read that information. I have it as a very simple you know, percentage of my total CPU usage, but you can get very granular on how you want to receive that information. 
You can get information about the total memory allocation that's being used on your Mac, how much disk space that you're using. One of my favorites is how much network traffic is coming in and out. So I have a little um, menu bar icon that changes that tells me um, how much traffic is coming into my Mac and how much traffic is going out of my Mac. So if something doesn't quite seem right, I can look and see, well, is there any data coming in my Mac? What's what's coming in and going out? Um, is something causing that to slow it down? Um, this was very helpful for me. I had, I think I told you, I had a fan um, in my Mac Mini die. And it was just a very odd sequence of events where my Mac Mini would work for a while and then all of a sudden would power off and I couldn't quite tell what the culprit is. Well, iStat Menus has some sensors where you can monitor the temperature uh, of various sensors in your computer and you can also see what the fan speed is. So using that, I was able to monitor the temperature of my Mac and see that the fan wasn't running. Um, and I actually, it was very, it was very bizarre, um, put ice packs on my mini and blew a fan on it uh, in order to get a final backup before I cracked open the case to replace the fan um, just long enough to keep it from, from overheating. Um, it will replace your typical uh, clock in the menu bar. And if you haven't done this, David, you've got to do this. Take that useless Apple clock out of the menu bar. You can replace it with one in iStat menus that looks exactly the same. But you can also add world clocks to it. Yeah, the time zones. Yeah, the time zones. So I can see, you know, what time is it? I've got LA, Alaska, London, Italy, and UTC because Relay um, is based in the UTC time zone. Everything that we do with Relay is UTC. So I have to know what that is when we go to post shows. Uh, But anyway, it's it's highly configurable and it's just a really cool nerd tool. Yeah, and and for years the big knock against this one is because it it fills up your menu bar. There's so many things it's doing, and they've come a long way to fixing that recently. Like they have like one like all they have one menu bar item that has a bunch of the tools underneath it, so it's very configurable. So you can have so it takes a lot less room, and also tools like Bartender could allow you to go crazy and just stick it all in the Bartender level of the menu bar, and you can have all that information available to you with one click. So that's nice. uh, that's nice iStep menus, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, Text Expander. You know, that's another good one. They that's an app we talk about a lot. They're a sponsor of the show, but the um, they do a good job of their menu bar app. Like you can edit them. One of my favorite things about the Text Expander menu bar app is edit the most recently expanded snippet. It's just up there with one click. So if you are doing something, you run in a, a snippet and you see an error with it, or you want to change it. Uh, you just go up to the menu bar, you press one button, it opens up text expanders that most recently expanded snippet, and then you can make changes and fix it. You don't have to go digging for it. Super useful to have stuff like that available to you in the menu bar. Cool. Yeah, I, I use that. Um, I also use the search quite a bit in text expander because yeah. I'm at the point where I have so many text expander snippets that I know that I have a text expander snippet, but I've forgotten what my um, trigger is for it. Yeah, they also have the inline search. If you set up a keyboard shortcut for the inline search, that's another good way to do that. Um, we, um, I think we should talk about this one. There's one left with a K on it that I've been avoiding. But I, I know that. that's a very popular one. Yes, Let's David, David and I went through and laid claim to a couple, not all of them. <laughs> um, but yes, one that I have talked about before on the show uh, that I think is not very well known And every time I talk about it, I always have a couple of people write me and say, this has saved my bacon. I can't believe I didn't know that this did not exist. Thank you. Um, And that is called Mountain. I don't know why it's called Mountain, but okay. It's not very descriptive. 
But what Mountain does is it will automatically mount. Oh, I guess I guess I kind of get that now. Never mind. Um, it will automatically mount or not mount hard drives and network attached drives that are attached to your Mac. And so here's here's two ways that I use it that have already made it worth it for me. Is I have a I have a NAS I have a Drobo five N, and I use that Drobo for time machine backups and um, and I use it just as a pot of data storage. And if my computer, if my my MacBook Air is home and on my local network, I always want it to connect to that Drobo so that I can have access to it. But if my Mac's been off, if it's been asleep, if it's been out and it's been back, by default, it won't necessarily connect until the next time I go there. I always want that to be available. So what Mountain does is whenever my computer wakes from sleep, it will look for my favorite servers or my favorite drives and it will automatically attempt to connect to them. And so that means that that Drobo is always going to be connected. And if that Drobo, for whatever reason, disconnects because I've got it set as a favorite drive, it will automatically reconnect to those favorite drives or it will attempt to keep reconnecting to those drives. So that's a great feature. So it will also do the opposite, is you can set certain drives to say, don't auto-mount these drives. So I have two hard drives um, that are like literally bolted underneath my desk because I don't want to see them on my desk that I only use for backup purposes. And you don't want to keep your clone drive mounted all the time because that can create all kinds of issues. Are you working off your clone? Are you working off of your hard drive? And so I've told Mountain, don't ever mount these drives. Um, Don't auto-mount them after my computer restarts. Don't auto-mount them after after I I log in. Just don't mount them. Um, And then when I need to actually do a clone to them, Carbon Copy Cloner will take care of automatically mounting those drives. I, I don't have to worry about it. Mountain won't prevent those drives from from mounting if Carbon Copy Cloner initiates it, but Mountain just keeps the the Finder from automatically mounting those drives. Uh, it's a great utility. Yeah, the um, you know, it, it's funny. We, we, I just bought it because I haven't used it for a long time, but I, you keep talking about it. I went ahead and tried. It. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Interestingly, in the App Store, I believe it's off the look. It, it's it's fairly old in the yeah, App Store. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it from the App Store. I'd buy it direct. Yeah, so I actually ended up going and buying directly from the website. So we'll put the link to the website in there. This is one you probably want to yeah. avoid the App Store on. Yeah. If you do buy it from the App Store, they do have a cross-grade option, but it's a little weird. Um, so if you haven't bought it yet, go ahead and buy it direct from the developer. Okay, so we've got some more. We we put a call out on on Twitter, and we had a bunch of people um, writing in about apps that they like in their menu bar. And a couple of these are probably worth mentioning. Um, lots and lots of love for Bartender. You know <laughs> that that doesn't surprise me, right? Um, but then somebody wrote in about amphetamine, and I looked into that, and this is a similar one to um, caffeine, which kind of makes sense when you listen to the word. Oh, I didn't know about that one. Yeah. And then someone wrote in about inversion and that one I haven't checked out yet. Have you heard of this one inversion before? Uh-uh. Okay. Let me just get a little more information on it. Why don't you do one more and I'll come back to that one. All right. Um, so one of the, the last ones that, that I have is one that I've used quite a bit now and I'm really digging their new upgrade and, and that is day one. So I've really made an effort to try to start journaling more Um, I like the new upgrade to day one and they have a quick entry toolbar. And I really like the fact now that you can use multiple journals because it allows me to keep kind of my work journal and my home journal separate. And I've also got what I call a live stream journal. And so because day one has got their own syncing service set up now, you can use tools like if this, then that to auto log, like you can auto log tweets, you can auto log Instapaper saves, you can auto log 
the weather. You can autolog all these kinds of things now to your day one journal with if this, then that, if that's something that you want to do. Um, so I've got like that live stream journal. I've got my personal journal and um, I can just go into the day one menu bar app and, and quickly, you know, just if I've got a thought, if I've got something going on, I can start a journal entry or write an entire journal entry because it's all about just starting the process and getting things down there for me. Yeah. Well, I gave up. I, I tried to find inversion. I never did find it. But I have one more on my list that I didn't talk about. And it's a um, it's an additional app. You know, if you're already using like LaunchBar, you've got a clipboard manager. But I've been trying this one called Paste and I got it in the App Store. And it does a really kind of attractive job of putting your uh, across the bottom of the screen, the most recently cut and paste text or items. It tells you what app you got them out of which makes it very easy. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of like the look of it. It's called Paste, P-A-S-T-E. And that's what I've been trying. I haven't got rid of it yet, and I've had it for about a month. All right. Um, any others that we wanted to cover? Well, there, there's a whole different category that we're going to finish the show with, but I think we'll, we'll leave menu bar apps there, but I think we're going to go to Today View widgets as well, because that's another thing on the Mac these days, right? All right. Well, that may be a good spot to take our last break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about Today View widgets. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Fracture. Fracture is the photo decor company that's out to rescue your favorite images from the digital ether. I'm willing to bet you a nickel that every person listening to this show has some beautiful shots they've taken with their phones or their digital cameras that are stored on their computer and will never see the light of day. Why is that? We take these great pictures, we should have them on our walls, not on our hard drives. I know the reason why, though. It's difficult. you got to get the picture printed, and you got to make sure you print it on the right kind of paper. Then you've got to get it matted, and then you've got to go get the right size frame. There's just a whole bunch of things. Even getting it hung on the wall always takes extra work. That's why you need to check out Fracture. With the Fracture service, you upload your picture through the internet, and then they print your photo directly onto glass and add a laser-cut rigid backing. Then they send the image to you, and it's ready to display right out of the box. They even include the wall anchor. Fracture has taken all of the difficulty out of this process. It's not only easy, it's also beautiful. The Fracture process makes the color and contrast of your photo really pop, and the sleek, frameless design lets your photo stand out while still matching any decorating style. You don't have to worry about what frame to get because the Fracture is, in essence, its own frame. So get those special memories off your hard drive and onto your walls. Not only do they make your house look beautiful, they're also a great gift. I have Fracture prints hanging all over my house, and if you just try it, I bet you will too. The remarkable thing for me is we spent a lot of money getting pictures framed before we discovered Fracture. But nobody ever seems to notice that. Whenever we have guests over, they always go straight to our Fracture prints and they ask us how we got that done and where they can get their own Fracture prints. Fracture gets those pictures on your walls and makes them beautiful and affordable. Fractures come with a 60-day happiness guarantee, so you're sure to love your order. Each Fracture is handmade in Gainesville, Florida from U.S. source materials in their carbon-neutral factory. Learn more about how Fracture brings your photos to life at Fracture.me. And be sure to mention that you heard about them from the Mac Power users in their one-question survey at checkout. Let them know that podcast listeners are great customers and help support Katie and I at the Mac Power users. Not only does it make us look great, it allows you to put something beautiful on your walls. Thanks, Fracture, for supporting the Mac Power users. It's kind of interesting to see how these applications and workflows go from iOS back to the Mac. Uh, this has been a theme on a couple of the picks we've had today. 
And this, this the whole concept of today view widget is definitely one of those on your iOS on your iPhone or your iPad. You just uh, swipe down from the top and you've got these today view widgets, which really should just be called widgets because they're not necessarily about today. Um, and I believe it was with Yosemite that these first showed up on the Mac. And then they got a little bit of an improvement with El Capitan. But now if you swipe on your trackpad or your mouse uh, from the right side of the screen with two fingers over, uh, you're going to get this Today View widget. And it's got your notification center there as well, which is another kind of thing we brought over from iOS. Uh, but Today View is an additional access to quick information. It seems to me like this certainly isn't a full show, but this is really useful. And there's a couple things I really like about it. So uh, we thought we'd pick some of our favorite Today View widgets to go along with your menu bar apps. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first because the one that I love the most is find friends. Um, you know, because my family, we're all, we're all connected to find friends. We're all friends with each other. And sometimes I'll be sitting here working on my, uh, my Mac and I want to know if my daughter's on the way home from school or my wife is wherever she's at. And I can just swipe over and in the today view, the find friends thing is outstanding. It does, you know, it's just like on ios and you don't have to go do anything goofy and messages or before this it was very difficult to get this information on the mac and now it is like super easy you just like that it's mrs weasley clock yeah i i i've I've said it so much i don't even want to say it anymore but it is i mean i can just find out where they are and it's a it's a great way to do it now do you do you have like people you do find friends with i mean because you live alone so maybe yeah now you make me sound so desperate well, I, I, I didn't know. I mean, maybe the day will come, right, where my, <laughs> mine is empty, too, as my kids go away. But hopefully they'll let me stay connected to them that way if they are, they're even further further away. I'll, I'll make you a fine friend, Katie, so you can just, like, keep no, track no, of me. No, 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 no. Don't need to know where you are. I can just see myself, like, in you the Apple need, Store. You don't need to know where I am. I can just see myself in the Apple Store. My phone rings, and Katie's going, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you there? <laughs> yeah. But it, it is a great, if you do have your family or friends that you're using to find friends with, uh, this widget on the Mac is very nice. So my name is Katie and I have a problem with online shopping. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so as a result, I have to keep track of all of these things that I have ordered because otherwise I would not know when they're scheduled to arrive because I just order them and they randomly show up at my door. Um, Amazon and I are friends. And so the best utility that I use for this is the deliveries app. And there's a version for iOS and there's a version for Mac. And if you get the version in the Mac app store, they have a great uh, today view widget, which will give you a little countdown telling you what you've got coming and when it's going to arrive, which is wonderful. And I use that all the time. I, I like it when I have like Apple things in there and it automatically updates. So I don't have to launch the app to see when things are coming. I can just pop over into the Today View widget and see, oh, two more days, it'll be here. Look, it's in Kentucky. It's getting closer. It's on the East Coast now. Yeah. Uh, another um, Today View widget that's useful on the Mac for me is PCALC. You know, uh, PCALC started on the Mac, but I think it's now probably more popular for its iPhone app. But they have a really great Today View widget. And if you ever need to do a quick calculation and you just slide over and you've got the little keyboard there and you can go ahead and do a calculation. Very useful. Awesome. Um, I don't know that I have any more third-party ones in my... Oh, Fantastical. I do keep Fantastical. Um, number one, because it just came with the Fantastical app. And I like the, the layout of it a little more than I like the standard Apple Calendar app. Uh, so yeah. I do keep the Fantastical one in my Today View. 
Uh, OmniFocus has one that's kind of useful. Well, yeah, like I forgot you, about that. Yeah. Yeah. You want you want me to cover it? Go for it. Yeah. It's it, like if you've got a um, custom list, like I have that hot list, which is stuff that's about to become due or flagged. Um, I can just swipe over and see it and I don't have to have the app. Well, the, I think the app, you know, I don't know if the app has to be open or not because it's always open for me. But I swipe over. It has the to right. be open to sync occasionally. Yeah. So I swipe over from the right and I can get to it. Another one we're talking about is um, iStat Mini. We talked about iStat Menus. iStat Mini is a, yes. a reduced function version of that. It gives CPU, memory, and disk usage. But it's another way to get quick access to that information. Uh, I am kind of surprised. I was looking at, like, um, in preparation for the show, I have a lot of apps installed. And there are many that really offer today view widgets. It hasn't taken off the way I think they thought it would. Um, like I could get it through parallels if I wanted to, you know, have the windows install accessible that way, I guess. And a couple other apps, but in general, this has not really become a huge thing on the Mac. Very cool. All right. Well, I think we've cost some people some money, don't you? Yeah. We covered a lot of ground. Well, I hope, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you found a few good things. Don't go too crazy with the menu bars and uh, today view widgets, but have fun with them. And hopefully you found some stuff that, that works for you. Uh, we do want to thank our sponsors for this episode, Gazelle, Audible, SaneBox, and Fracture. Yeah, if you need to get feedback to us, you can get it to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com on Twitter. Katie's at Katie Floyd, and I'm at Max Sparky. Right. And of course, if you've got your own menu bar apps that you think that we haven't covered in the show, Remember, we do have that MPU Live that we do once a month. We may be changing the date up a little bit. Just stay tuned. But uh, uh, MPU Live is once a month. We'll let you know if we switch the date up. And send those feedbacks in, and, and we'll cover your menu bar favorites uh, if we miss them today. Yeah, and also, uh, you can get a word to us through ask, uh, hashtag AskMPU on Twitter. So if you've got something you want to add to the conversation, that's another good way to get it to us. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>